Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 362, covering Cold Station 12 and The Augments. Hi, friends. I almost said good morning, friends, but it may not be morning where you are. Good morning, friends. Good evening, friends. Good. Hello to all the ships at sea. <laughs> all the starships at Space Sea. Space Sea. Space Seed. Not Kevin Spacey, though. That guy's dead to us. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of Space Seed, there's... Oh, boy. Oh, there's God. That's right. So much eugenics war cast-offs and... Oh, man. Two more parts of this. Uh-huh. Two more. After this, we're done with the augments arc. I, I think so. I hope. Is that what Memory Alpha says? Because that's how they classify things. Yeah, we'll see. I don't have it open in front of me. Yeah, me neither. Actually, I have the article for Requiem for Methuselah open in front of me, so. Yeah, we were trying to think of the name of that guy, the, the immortal guy in that episode, and mm-hmm. neither of us remembered that his name was Flint. Yep. I mean, in our defense, that's not very remarkable. No, I mean, he was an okay character on G.I. Joe, and that's that name fits there, but not as the immortal guy who was, I don't know, Beethoven and Shakespeare or whatever he was. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word for that. Also, he probably was Flint on G.I. Joe. I could be. Now, there was a bunch of sort of bland white guys in charge of G.I. Joe at different times, and Flint oh, was sure. actually the one that wasn't terrible. Flint, Hawk. Yeah, Hawk Khan, was there, and, Min, and Duke was the other one. Boomhauer. Duke, Duke got out of his coma. That guy. <laughs> Doc says Duke's going to be okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> Watch out for snakes. One of the three things I know about uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, well. And you know what I've told you. Yep. Via my hilarious uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Available now on Amazon.com. Amazon? <laughs> Available now on YouTube.com, the Amazon of videos. Yeah, okay. Good Good save there, uh-huh. pal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so before before we kick this off, and I'm I'm debating how we should handle this. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about the first one and then the second one, or you wanna do like we do on a two parter and and do like let's both just summaries do both. And just let's just do okay. both of these at the, at once because like honestly, it is just one story. Yeah. It, yeah, and they're so similar. We're just gonna do that thing where we are talking about the wrong one. That's I mean I have a problem with that with with very distinctive episodes just because. Enterprise doesn't do distinctive. These all are basically the same. No. And when it's all the same story, it's much more difficult. So yeah, okay. Why don't you why don't you give us Cold Sto- Cold Station 12 and then I'll take over with the augments. All right. All right, so previously on Enterprise, Data's great-grandfather was an evil scientist who tried to take over the universe with his army of super children. Also there was some crap with the Orions. It's been a long time. Waiting for the show to end. It's been a long time. Watching garbage with my friend. Jingle, jingle, jangle. So this week, Soong and his new family of mullety rebels speed towards Cold Station 12, a cold space, excuse me, a cool space station (laughs) on an asteroid that houses all of the Federation's deadliest diseases, because it would be a shame to lose those after we've cured them all. Once there, Soong meets up with the Monopoly Man and Scott Baio, whom he tortures for the good of all. Meanwhile, Archer, yeah, he's he's in this one too, heads to Soong's old command center playset and meets Udar, aka Smike, the little boy that Santa Claus forgot. He's the powerlessly, powerless, genetically altered kid that got left behind. Archer takes him and starts indoctrinating him into how great Starfleet is. Lesson one, my dad and how awesome he is. Lesson two, fuck all Vulcans. Back on Cold Station 12, torture continues to happen until the Enterprise shows up, bearing flocks, the Monopoly Man's only friend. When his little pajama friend is threatened, Monopoly Man folds like a deck of community chest cards, which you should not fold. You, uh, you, you shuffle them. Actually, the banker should shuffle them. Anyway, he unlocks the f- he unlocks the freezer full of embryos, and Soong and his sister sinister Partridge family light out. They also take some deadly diseases with them, just in case. Then Archer and one of the augments fight, and Udar Smike is tragically killed. Tragic because, good God, think of his stupid, stupid tombstone. Finally, the augments leave with Archer and friends trapped in some kind of deadly danger because cliffhanger. So okay, then then this happens, I guess. When we last saw our 
Heroes? I guess we're going with heroes. When we last saw those guys, they were about to die in the Coldstone Creamery. And the <laughs> teaser of this episode ends on the very same cliffhanger. Will they die in the Coldstone Creamery? No, they won't. The answer is still no, because we all know how TV works and all of these people will be fine. Then Archer comes up with a plan that's not completely terrible for once, which involves beaming everyone off the station. I mean, I know they said the transporter's dangerous and experimental, but fuck that. We just live in the transporter now, I guess, like Scotty in that TNG episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Mullity Rebel ship, Eric Soong and his Soongs and daughters are headed for <laughs> the Briar Patch, which is a dumb name for a region of space, but it's also a dumb name that's appeared in Star Trek before, so partial credit for that one, I guess? Someone also mentions the Botany Bay, which should be cool, but I'm still kind of mad about Into Darkness, so they don't get credit for this one. Botany Bay has been ruined forever by Star Trek, like Mark Twain and Tiny Shovels. Ah! Then there's a whole bunch of subterfuge and intrigue among the Augments, but I'll save you the time and trouble of waiting for this interminable blandness to play out and just tell you how it all ends up. They betray Soong and he makes it off the ship in one of those Klingon escape pods that every bird of prey definitely has. I wish someone had saved us all that fucking time and trouble. But I guess we suffer so you don't have to. Even though so many of you insist on watching along with us. Anyway, now Soong is a good guy again, and he and Archer join forces to stop the stupid Augments and save the Klingon Empire, which was in serious danger of... something? For some reason? Honestly, even after three episodes of this, I was never completely clear on what the whole Klingon angle of this was all about. Then they lock Soong back up in his dumb Hannibal Lecter cage, where he delivers a monologue about how genetic engineering isn't as good as, uh, oh say, androids, and he pulls out a fresh piece of paper to start doodling. But in case you didn't quite get what they were driving at here, he also turns right to the camera and says, maybe we'll even get it right in a few generations. Go to hell, Enterprise. Go completely and entirely to hell. Yeah, fuck that. I just want to start with that fucking that fucking scene because I hate it so much. It's real bad. And the funny thing to me is I we, we always do it like this. You watch your episodes, you split them up. You know, between days, I watch mine back to back. Like, sure. that's just our, our different approaches to doing it. Mm -hmm. So I when I came into the doc, you had done one. And the end of your notes for part one said, I'm calling it now. He's just going to say, maybe genetic engineering isn't the answer. Maybe it's androids. And, maybe we'll and then get it happened. And I so wanted to tell you, but I'm like, no, I'm just going to let him find out. I mean, honestly, like, if you could have seen my face when that fucking when that fucking thing started, like, it's I, the same face I made. Uh-huh. It's 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 the worst version of there ought to be some kind of directive, you know, a well, prime directive. It's Enterprise, a very long you think you're scene. so you think you're so fucking clever and you're just not. It's a very long scene, first of all. Yeah. It's not like there should be some kind of directive, which is just one passing line of dialogue from time to time. That mm. scene goes on for three, three to five minutes. Yeah. If only and there was some way that I could figure out a way. To create an android who would someday be in Starfleet. Who would hold hold information or data. Also, I'd make him a brother, but I wouldn't give him a schlong. And then I'd make another brother who wasn't quite as bright and then bury him in the desert somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just get my grandson to do it for me. That sounds better. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, there, the, the shot where he's he, he does his little monologue thing, right? And then he starts doodling on his pat on his piece of paper, and all I can do is just scream at the TV. Just show data. Just show uh -huh. him drawing a picture of data. Mm -hmm. it, it's so fucking enterprise to just show what he's drawing, and it's literally like the like data like data's positronic brain when his like his uh, hair gets removed, and that you put a plug. Jordy puts a plug in him. Now we we have said this all along. Okay, we don't like the idea of a, of a prequel, but if you're gonna do it, let's get the secret origin of some things. Let's yeah. Let's learn the history of some things. So we asked for this. This mm -hmm. is our monkey's paw for that. Yeah, no, that's true. And like I, Soong feels so wasted in this. Yeah, well, Soong as a character kind of does. Brent Spiner completely does. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said this last week, it's it's a waste of easily their biggest guest star that they've yeah. ever gotten on this show. And like this should I'm sure this was advertised as a huge fucking thing when this happened. Like I, I remember data. Be, I remember because it almost enticed me back. Yeah. Like I can I see how it would years before. But I was like, oh, let's see what they do with him. And then I was like, well, nah, there's got to be something better on than this. And there was like, I mean, this is my good thing or my bad thing for the first episode. Like. This should be good. Yeah. Like, 
Data's Data's grandfather and the genetically enhanced remains of Khan's army or whatever they actually were, mm-hmm. like that's a good concept, and that ties back to to Trek history, which is something we've been talking about forever. And like, it ties a bunch of stuff together. It ties next gen and the original series. Like, yeah. it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of different, seemingly unrelated things. Like. The concept's there, the, and, yeah. it, and it feels like the show's not embarrassed to be Star Trek anymore, but this yeah. is this is bad and boring, and I, I hate these Augment kids so much. Yeah. They're so teenage. Like, I just – I don't care about what they think or do or anything because they're all just dumb teenagers. They don't feel threat – like, every time that fucking kid's like, we're going to use the uh, – we're going to use the diseases to wipe out the Klingon Empire. I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to lock yourself in a room and listen to a band you like. <laughs> no, it's – the and, and – uh, where to even begin? Yeah, okay. Seriously. So I've been using the phrase mullity rebels for years and mm-hmm. uh, newer listeners pop in and say, what is a mullity rebel? And I have to <laughs> keep re-explaining it. This really is ground zero for mullity rebel. The concept. Oh, yeah. They're, the, we these rebels. Actually, oh, go ahead. They do not get more mullity than this. These are the mullity. These are like mullity rebel prime. They're cast offs from a, a hard rock heavy metal video from about 1989. Mm-hmm. They're dressed in tatty faux leather outfits of rags can you have leather rags i look all i know is they took some perfectly good shirts and cut holes in them yeah and and, but it's like shiny black too yeah so that makes them cooler i guess and they have mullets they literally there's the scene where we meet uh the the dude in the first one as you pointed out udar or smike as he prefers to prefers to be called smike um he we literally get mullets eye view we, he's lurking in the shadows and the camera's right over his shoulder. So you see his business up front party in the back hairstyle oh, as Archer and Tripp are walking toward him. And like, that's where mullity rebels come from. These guys are pointless, divided into different factions, fighting each other in a, in a cause we don't care about and we'll never see again. They're rebellious for the sake of being rebellious. They're dirty, usually for no yep. reason. Their clothes are ripped and they have mullets. That's a mullety rebel. Yeah. And it's weird the way, like, these, like, this type of thing is just a thing Trek likes for some reason. Ugh, and like, these terrible. These types of dudes are a bit like mullety, the mullety rebels came from fucking when we were watching TNG. Yeah, no, I. That's how I, far back they go. I had rewatched it relatively recently before we got to it on this show. And I said, beware, the mullety rebels are coming. You're like, what are you talking about? I don't then, remember that. I've seen Next Gen. I'm like, no, no, trust me. Mullet Row. And there was a there was a run of like three or four episodes in a row on Next Gen mm. where we just kept getting these guys. Well, that's the thing when you watch them all when you're watching them all in order every week, like you yeah. know you notice this kind of thing. And like it's like the eighth dude to show up in a leather vest with like his hair down to his shoulders. Yeah. And they just they're always sneering and mm-hmm. they're always fighting amongst one another and yep. stabbing each other in the back and arguing. Lit- literally with knives by the about. way. Yeah. Like no, oh, so many knives. They love knives. Yeah, they, maybe because they're know. so. Maybe like they're because because they're rusty or something. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's so dumb. And the and the is it the first one again? We're gonna mix these up. Mm. I think it's the yeah. Is the first one opens with a flashback? Yeah, when they're children and they're already wearing those dumb outfits. Yeah, like as if like the little holes in them didn't appear naturally or something. No, I thought what I thought. Okay, well, this is dumb costuming. First sure. of all, but it's probably what the script calls for. The costumers on this show are pretty good. They probably just did what they were yeah. told. But at this point, the script probably says, you know, standard rebel outfit. Yeah, exactly. But refer okay, to every assume, other fucking episode we've done of this. Yeah. I assumed, though, that their planet was wrecked or they were chased out in a hurry. Like something happened. Mm hmm. That this is all they have to wear. And it's like, well, that's kind of dumb, but whatever. But no, they've been wearing this stuff since they were in Soong's weird little cult when they were children. The the only thing I can figure is that Soong got, like, he the Soong clearly wasn't prepared to care for, like, 12 children. Yeah. So, like, on his way away from Earth, he kicked over one of those, like, uh, one of those charity boxes full of clothes that you donate and just took whatever was inside. And yeah, that makes he, sense. And he got, and unfortunately, the charity box was outside of a bondage store. <laughs> And and it had recently uh, filled, donated to by uh, a biker gang. Mm-hmm. And then so some, he, and then some leather moths got in there. <laughs> leather moths, you know, moths that eat leather. It's, no, a, well, it. it's a well-known insect. 
I got it. No, that's that's I mean, look, in an infinite universe. Have you ever wondered how why uh, when someone opens their wallet and doesn't have any money inside a moth flies out? That's a leather moth trying to eat your leather wallet. You know that's one of my favorite references. <laughs> a moth <laughs> flying out of an empty wallet. That's like that's like the the bird making the caw noise for you. Ah. Uh. I do love a good bird making a caw noise. And I love a, a moth flying out of a wallet. We know what we like. Uh-huh. I've oh, been doing this a while now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but while we're while we're on the subject of Smike, that's my mm-hmm. bad thing for the first part. His name yep. is Smike. That's what he prefers to go by. Yep. No, Udar's a dumb name. Yeah, I'm with you so far. Call me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got something else? Smike. What? <laughs> Smike. Okay, look, as a, as a grown man who has called himself Algar for more than half his life, I get it. You picked a weird name for yourself. Great. But I was going to say, people who live in glass internet names shouldn't throw stones out. Yeah, but Smike? Yeah, no. Look, Smike's rough. Smike. I'm Smike Smelson. <laughs> Smike'll smay. Sm- or, no, that doesn't sp- work. Or possibly Smike's Merman Trout. <laughs> That makes a little more sense. These are the Smikes I know. I was gonna—is that the uh, those the only Smikes you know? Because those, are, the, you know, those are those are my two famous Smikes. Those are the common. That's one of the most common names. I mean, not as common as Smat, mm-hmm. but close. Oh, Michael Burnham doesn't go by Mike, so he can't. Oh, she can't be Michael Burnham. <laughs> I guess that's true. Also, Michael Burnham has better taste than that. It's weird. I only knew. I've only ever heard of one other woman named Smikel before, and she was the first terror, or she was the first uh, traitor in Starfleet. But you first can't be her. rebel in Starfleet. <laughs> Uh, but the character's dumb. It's it's he's this guy who's like uh he was the cast off, he was the the he they're all genetically superior and he's just genetically average, which means yep. he was a you know uh, He does have enhanced hearing, he mentions at one point for for no particular reason. Yeah. They 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 go out of their way to establish that he's doesn't have any special abilities, and then mm-hmm. suddenly when the plot needs him to have special like uh, advanced hearing, he does. Yeah. So eh. not that it does anything, because like the second he says, oh, I can hear them coming. They say, yeah, we heard you say we can hear you coming. We have enhanced hearing, too. Yeah, I will say, though, this kind of ties into my good thing. All right. Um, I don't completely hate that Soong isn't entirely evil. Yeah, he actually like he he loved Smike as much as the rest of them. It didn't matter that he was wasn't genetically superior. And the the uh, idea to cast him off came from the others. And mm-hmm. when he found out about that, he was mad. He's like, hey, you guys, you're all brothers and sisters here. Why did you cast him off? And they're like, because he's not cool like us. And yeah, because he didn't weak. like that. He's weak and shitty. What are you talking about? He's your brother. And soon didn't like uh, he didn't want them to torture anyone. He didn't want them yeah. to kill anyone. Like, I liked that. He gave more consideration to torturing someone than our heroic hero, John Archer, ever. did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like there's there's moments in this episode I don't completely hate where he's like. Guys, I guess this is the only way to take a yeah. hostage, but we don't kill. Come on. We're supposed yeah, to be no. better than humans. Let's not kill. Yeah. he. There, there's a moment in there at one point where he's talking to Archer and he's just like, no, this I was if you murder people like it just proves everything that they said about you. Yeah. And we're trying to prove that the eugenics wars won't happen again, that we're yeah. actually better. And yeah, the only reason those went wrong is because people persecuted us. And now. We get to be in charge and we're not going to do that. And all his terrible, rebellious kids are like, yeah, fuck that. We're going to kill people. And Yeah, but then they bring, they they also bring in the weird aggression thing in their DNA. Like, well, like yeah, they're, a, they're all yeah. bred to have like to be like aggressive, which like is one out of nowhere and two like what? Actually, actually, it's not out of nowhere. Really? It was this yeah. in was this in the con stuff? And I don't this, remember it. There, There's a specific quote that they repeated. And I remember this because I've seen Space Seed a bunch. Sure. Uh, Spock says uh, superior ability breeds superior ambition. And they actually ah. say that exact line. Oh, sure. This. And I, that was not a bad callback, actually. Was that a quote that Spock was quoting or were they just future quoting Spock? I'm not sh- He read it. I'm not sure. All right. It, Spock was reading the file, like the, the incomplete files on the eugenics wars. Mm-hmm. And he said that. And I don't know if he was reading from a file or if that was his conclusion. It's, ju- sure. it's, ju- it's the name of the file. That's why the, that's why everyone has access to it. Yeah, that could be. It's but, like some dude's paper on the on the eugenics war. Right. Um, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think these kids were actually from the eugenics war era. Like they're they were grown from some of the embryos from back then. And what they're trying to do is liberate the rest of them. I think that's what the deal was. Yeah. OK, because these guys 
are, you know, were grown in mm-hmm. the 90s or whenever it was that was supposed to happen, but only like, you know, what do you say if it's not born? If it's like, yeah. however these guys were made. Yeah. Hatched, I don't know. Like. Yeah. Activated, let's say. Mm-hmm. They turned them on. Yeah. And and he wants the rest of them, which is why they're going to the Coldstone Creamery, I guess. Yes. And surprisingly, not so the Sons of Soon can rule the Federation. Mostly no. so they can rule some planet. I, okay, I, I mentioned this in my summary. Did you really follow what they were supposed to be doing with the Klingons? I I, th- I thought what the deal was, was that the Klingons were going to, once they wiped out that colony, uh-huh. then they could take it over, I guess. Yeah. And the Klingons would think that the hu- like the, the humans had attacked their colony, and then there would be a big war between the humans and the Klingons, and they'd be too distracted to bother That's, the okay. audience anymore. That makes it's sense. not a good. It's not a great plan. No, but I. But get I don't that. think it's. I also don't think it's supposed to be a great plan. I thought they wanted to do that, and if the Klingons come after you, well, hey, we don't care. Like I thought, yeah. it was less about deliberately trying to send the Klingons after Earth, and mostly just not caring. No, I, that was Malik's big plan. Was like, yeah. we'll we'll distract the Klingons and the Federation by having them fight a war against each other, and then they'll leave us alone. Why it's a okay. it's a bad plan. Okay, but. We said this about another group of famous mullety rebels, the mm-hmm. the um, the Maquis. Yep. There's a lot of planets, guys. Go find one. Yeah, seriously. Like, like, why do you got to take this Klingon one? There's planets everywhere, and and this early before there's even a Federation. Surely mm-hmm. there's tons of potential colonies that no one's even discovered yet. Absolutely. Like, my first thought was like, you guys are in the Briar Patch. I hear there's a pretty nice planet where you live forever. Oh yeah, that's from uh, Insurrection, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, the just, guy, one of the guys said there's two habitable planets. I'm like, okay, so one of them is this, is this one with I think somewhere, it was Baku, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Somewhere there's a dude trying to staple his face back on, but... Uh, yeah. Maybe they weird. didn't have staples at that point. Maybe they were, like, gluing still, or, <laughs> I don't know, Velcroing his face back on. Yep. Oh, God. The noise when you take your face off at night to go to bed. Oh. Yep. You know, you got to put it in that glass of water. Well, of course you do, like dentures. Yeah. Obviously. Okay, so I got to ask, you yes. mentioned Scott Bayo, which thank you for making me think of Scott Bayo. Yeah, sorry. Why? I, there's a dude who's friends with the Monopoly man who apparently you also have a problem with my naming of. No, it's not that I have a problem, it's just like help me understand the reference. It's the the, the the thing like I looked at him and I'm like, is that Scott Bayo? And then my second thought was, do I know what Scott Bayo looks like? He looks like third blah, blah, blah. Was, And then my third thought was, no. Bob blah, blah blah is Scott Bayo. Yes. That's the only thing, like, he, yes, he's played Chachi and other terrible things, Charles in Charge, but, like... Yes, he was the, he was the Charles that was in charge. Yeah, he was also in the movie Zapped. Uh-huh. But so. he's, he's terrible. He's a garbage human. Yeah, he's and, a piece of shit, like... Yeah. And, you know, apparently on Arrested Development, he also super harassed Portia de Rossi, so... Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. Fuck off, Scott she Bayo. Did, she did not want to be in scenes with him because he was gross. Good, like, I mean, not yeah. good, but fuck Scott Bayo, so, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just I I am surprised like that you thought that because mm. I didn't see it. But <laughs> I I have no I have no proof to back this up. It was okay. just the first thing I thought of. I look and you, it and it sounds funny. Got, Who cares? You got to call people something. Look, I mean, Cisco knows how to count, but what's the mm-hmm. fun in saying that? Exactly, exactly. The show will decide what is real, and that is what's real as far as we're concerned. I mean, also, if you really want to get into it, Mister Monopoly's real name is Rich Uncle Pennybags, but I mean, I don't get that. Let that get in the way. Was he named Rich Uncle Pennybags before he became rich? Did he have to I, live up to that name? Like, is his first name Rich? I don't think Rich Uncle Pennybags earned his the money he started his monopoly with. Like, okay. I'm pretty sure he was born into the wealthy Pennybags family. Could be. I mean, I'm just assuming his first name was Richard and he went by Rich and his middle name was Uncle and his last yeah. name is Pennybags. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I don't I don't think that guy particularly looked like the Monopoly Man. But again, you, you do you, man. <laughs> Look, man, I can't all I can't always be reliable for the things that my brain spits out. Look, if you say that's who he is, I'm fine with it. Uh-huh. The only the only time I take issue is if I have a better idea. Sure. Or I think I have a better idea. That's that's subjective. But in this case, I had no name for him, so <laughs> we default to the name you came up with. Speaking of Rich Uncle Pennybags, he's my good thing for the first episode. Oh yeah? Yep. Well, no idea is, why. Well, this is a guy we've actually like we haven't seen him before. But he's the guy Flox has been writing letters to. He's his human doctor pal. Oh, was he? I didn't pick yeah. up on that. No, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's it's kind of nice that Flox has had this long established human pen pal that sure. we now get to see in person. That's kind of yeah. cool. Well, that's neat. But you, they, you like the actual actor, or you just thought he was goofy and yeah, I know I just him. liked him. Do I re- oh, okay. do I recognize him from something that I like, and I like him because of that? Possibly. I, I think you definitely recognize him from something because he's one of those character actors who's been in a fifty million things you've yeah. seen. Do I think a dumpy dude with a mustache working on an asteroid space station is cool? Maybe. Yeah. Asteroid I know, space station is cool. Uh, that particular asteroid space station was very cool, and I also yeah. like the logo, which has a big uh, snowflake on it. I actually, if I wasn't able to come up with another good thing, my good thing would have been how old school the uh, uh, station looked. Yeah. Like the set design looked very original series, not in a cheesy cardboard way, but just the design really made me think of like, I don't know, Space Station K7 or like one of the other stations we saw in the original series. It was a very classic, like bright colors and simple, you know, like solid shapes kind of thing. And I, I really liked it. No, my first thought when we got to uh, when we when we got in there was just was like, oh, this is a this this is a different Star Trek show that we don't watch that's having a crossover with Enterprise. It's the Starfleet <laughs> yeah. Medical Show. Sure, and I like I I don't know there probably is I don't know off the top of my head if there actually are research stations like this now you know in the present on Earth. I, I'm I, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure that there's a place that stores like infectious diseases and stuff. I, see, that's what I'm saying. I I think there is, but I might be also thinking of there's a repository of like plant life and stuff. Yeah, which is also very cool. Like they keep seeds for basically everything. Yeah, in cold storage in case something horrible happens. Yeah. So. No, I, I'm thinking about it now. It's like, is that a is that a real thing, or are you thinking of the stand? I might be thinking of the stand. <laughs> it, it could be real too, and I'm sure yeah. someone will write in and tell us. But mm-hmm. uh, we're saying right now, we're not we're not claiming either way. We don't know. No. So there's. But that. if you'd like to learn more about the stand, consult your local library, <laughs> and be prepared to read for a long time. It's a very long book. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. What the uh, only the only book I know where the audio book has like the the reader at the end going. <coughs> They didn't let him drink water the whole time. Oh, God. And then uh, 13 other characters appeared at the end. Please. And they were all named. King. Oh, God. (laughs) Keep reading. Also, there was a picture here by Bernie Wrightson. I'll describe it to you. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We did our good and bad things for the first one. How about the second one? Uh, All right. What do you got for a good thing? What do I got for a good thing? Oh, I like the uh, call forward to the botany bay. Um, mm-hmm. like Khan seems like someone that these dudes would look up to and admire and like, well, they the, came from like, they came from that whole thing. They're, they're part of all that. Like, I like the idea that the legend of the botany bay as the ship that had Khan and his, his followers on it that escaped from earth is like this big deal for them. Yeah. And um, soon says that's a myth. Like yeah. there's no botany bay out here. Come on. And that's like, that's good. I like you had mentioned you would, would have wanted to see them chase it and i'm kind of glad we didn't yeah like that was my thought it's like his plan is that we're gonna go find Khan. he'll like us yeah but we already know that didn't happen so eh. i mean you know like i think this is the way to do it i think mentioning it in passing without really doing much about it because again into darkness did that and i wish they hadn't oh god yeah you know like i said i I did like it too but i also like i'm sick of that now yeah that's fair there's other things in the original series you can reference guys yeah, we were talking about it before the episode. Uh, no one's fought a giant hand in a while. Yeah, where's the giant hands? Where's the where's the rock that says no kill eye? Yeah, we need more weird spaceship, man. D- nobody from Star Trek's fought a Roman god in quite a long time, and I think we're about due to fight another Roman god. And we were sick of that. We were uh-huh. sick of immortal beings and space gods. But at this point, you know, well, uh, that was original series favorite trick. But I mean, we haven't had any in a while. I. Oh. I miss, I miss Trek being kind of ridiculous. I the thing I uh, I don't know because Brandon Braga had his tricks that he thought were ridiculous, but they were just trying to be horror or yeah. trying to be you know twisty, mind blowing things. And did I don't he like think that. they were ridiculous? Because I always thought he took the all that stuff deadly serious. I can't tell. Yeah, I don't, like I, it's it's hard to tell what his intention was. Honestly, like you know, one of my favorite things about the original series is it's fucking campy and it's I fun. Would, I would say without getting into specifics, we talked about this already. There is an episode of Discovery that the only one where they visit an alien planet where it's yeah. completely nails what we want. Yeah, it's great. So hopefully we'll see more of that. Yeah. But they spent a lot of time on the ship and dealing with other things. So they didn't really sure. get a chance to explore, you know, explore strange new worlds. Instead, they were a fire truck <laughs> as as Starfleet ships so often are. 
Well, I mean, the Discovery was a repurposed ambulance, basically. Yeah. T- it's like if they turned an ambulance into a tank. It's like, no, it's like they took a, um, they took like a funny car engine and put it mm-hmm. into an ambulance. Yeah, there you go. Because that's what made it special was the, mm. was the goes fast. Yes. It's and then they pl- goes fast. And then they plugged a dude into it. Right. But, you know, we'll get there then- very soon. We'll get there. Not much longer <laughs> and then, now. And then they gave it spinning rims. Uh-huh. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta pimp your ride. Oh, totally. I guess. I don't know. Uh, my good thing for the second one, there was yes. a, there's actually a pretty cool trick where they're they're fighting a Klingon ship and mm-hmm. they're they're outgunned and they're not sure what to do and they use because they still don't have a uh, tractor beam at this point. They got the yep. grabo arm and they use the grabo arm. Yeah, and I kind of like that. I just, I, uh, I love the other ship. And, I love any time they do like sort of un- like unique. Like fighting, fight like space fight yeah. stuff because we've seen ships shoot lasers at each other a million fucking times. Oh, we have seen over seven hundred episodes of Star Trek at this point, plus movies. There, how many tricks are left? But like, like, do use the grabo arm ripping one of the nacelles off of the Klingon ship. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, it was. It was genuinely cool. There was another one in in that Enterprise did that I can't fucking remember that I thought was really cool in one of their space fights. It might have been with the Romulan. It doesn't matter. Mm. But the other thing that popped into my mind was um, th- the scene from uh, uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Where uh, uh, spoilers for Last Jedi, I guess, if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet, Mal. Um, <laughs> oh, who am I kidding? She didn't listen to the show. Uh, where uh, uh, Laura Dern goes to hyperspace through a Star Destroyer. Yeah. I love that shit because yeah, you never cool. see anything like that. Yeah. And actually, there's there's a scene like the Leia scene in the previous ep- pair of these episodes where uh, Archer's actually in space for a second. Yes. And I and didn't they, hate that. That's what I was saying. Uh, I, I didn't completely hate his uh, his plan there. His space adventure. Yeah. He could just stay there. That's mm-hmm. fine. Just, just leave him there. There's, All they have to do is not pick him up. Just There's a couple of points where... He fights these genetically altered supermen who can punch people so hard they do a backflip. Yep. Ugh. And uh, and he holds his own with them. Like, mm-hmm. come on, he's just a guy, man. Yeah, seriously. I I mean that that's everyone in the show. Like the I guy know. the guy that gets back the guy that gets punched so hard he does a backflip yeah. stands up and attacks the guy again. You get yeah. punched so hard you do a backflip, your eyeballs are bleeding. Like yeah. that was like. That would have been great on the original series, but on this show, which still takes itself very seriously. Yeah. It didn't. It was like, wait, wait, what? Really? What? Yeah, he punched him so hard he did a backflip. He punched him so hard, his head lifted into the air, lifting like 175 to 200 pounds of human off his feet and mm-hmm. backwards. And he was up again a minute later, ready to fight that guy. That that force didn't shatter his jaw. Yeah, no. It just drove him backwards in a comical way. Yeah. You do what? you punch me so hard I do a backflip and I'm still alive. I am going to stay on the ground and count the carpet uh fronds. Yeah, if carpet I fronds? S- fronds, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking, is that word right? Am I Mis- high? Mr. Frond? Yeah, Mr. Frond. There you go. It's um if if I somehow survive that and I'm mm-hmm. not wrecked, I'm gonna say, I hope somebody got that on camera. Yeah, seriously, right? Because that was amazing. I want to watch this shit in slow-mo. God damn, look at that. <laughs> There's, you know, like uh, the the occasions in your life when you've like slipped on ice and gone straight up and fallen on your ass. And it's like, oh, I'm not hurt. That must have looked really funny. Did you guys see this shit? No, yeah. sorry. We were all getting our asses kicked. Now, Fuck. I, I could have shattered my tailbone on the way down, but I didn't. That was just no. cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a hero now. Yeah. I'm just going to get up and fight again. Wait, what? No. Stay down, <laughs> subject. <laughs> uh, my bad thing was, well, yeah, we already talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we touched thing. on this at the beginning. They the... really thought they were being clever with that ending, huh? They were not being clever at all. No, but they thought ending. they were. Mm-hmm. Hey, you wanted us to talk more about Star Trek. Well, guess what? In another couple generations, fuck you off. Yeah, just blah. Ugh. Uh, your bad thing for this episode, though, we haven't talked about yet, and we definitely need to give this some attention. Okay, yeah. So, I want, basically, I want to check with you that I didn't fucking miss something here. No. Because they attack, they finally, they destroy uh, the Augment's uh, bird of prey. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving. And, you know, now we're cutting to a scene where, like, uh, uh, Soong's been arrested again. And yeah, it's Archer's- the last act. We're, we're tidying up the loose ends. Everything's like, okay, you're going back to jail. Enterprise is okay. We're heading yeah. back to Earth. Like, we should be done. 
Yeah, and is like, okay, we're giving you a uh, a room instead of the brig now because we're good, we're good friends. Uh-huh. And fucking fucking Malik drops out of the out of the ceiling, covered in blood and and ripped leather, l- l- waving a knife like he's gonna fucking kill these guys again. How the fuck did he get here from another ship? <laughs> I get that he's genetically augmented, but genetically augmented enough to walk from one ship to another through space? What is he, Jason fucking Voorhees? That's exactly what it felt like. It felt like that final beat in a slasher movie where you think he's dead and then he comes up one more time. (coughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like he's going to pull Archer off the boat or something. Fuck off. What? Yeah, it's terrible. And what I liked about Soong, I I can't believe I'm saying this, they, they so rarely do good villains in any Star Trek except DS9, really. Mm. Like, there's occasionally good ones, but we've been through this before. There's Each series has, like, one or two. Yeah. But Soong wasn't terrible because he was kind of sympathetic. Like we said, he doesn't want to kill people. Yeah. But, so then he ended up not being the villain. Instead, it was Malik, which oh, also Lord. Malik really... Malik is a 90s fucking name. You know, yeah. Let me send you a list of all the video games where one of the villains in it is called Malik. Oh, no, you don't need to. I know. It's it's real real bad, uh-huh. but it just like he ends up being the real bad guy, the 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 snotty teen who decides that dad's not going too far enough, and yeah. Uh, so we're supposed to be surprised that he shows up at the end, but who cares? Yeah, seriously, it's just like it's what this guy again? Yeah, here actually, my third, my, actually my first thought was, is that that guy? <laughs> is this someone else? Because yeah, like you said, I thought I kind of thought I missed something. Mm-hmm. Like, is he? Yeah. Is that Sm- is that Smike? Did he come back? Smike, Smike are you Smike? Are you okay? <laughs> Smike, what is it, boy? Oh boy. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's- no, just and then oh, and then Archer blasts a hole in his fucking stomach, like uh-huh. a literal giant see through it hole. Yeah, good effect. We we've, uh-huh. we've mentioned that a couple of times when it's happened in Star Trek before, where someone gets a hole shot through their midsection and we can see someone behind them like that. Yep, that's cool. Again, weirdly violent for... St- it's always weird to me when Star Trek gets super violent. And I, it just doesn't register. Like, I'm yeah. aware that it is violent, but I'm so desensitized, well, I've never, I guess. I've, I've never been like, ew, gross. But I, I have often been like, oh, weird. Because, you know, in my head, Star Trek's a show I watched as a kid. Like, yeah, like a little what, kid. This is what people have said about Discovery, too. I, I'm, I probably unfairly said it's fine. And then we had to backpedal that because... I don't think of that. I th- yeah. Oh, someone got shot with a phaser. Okay. Okay, but someone got shot in the phaser in the head and you saw their brain splatter. I it, in my in my head it's the same, but yeah. I, obviously it's not. I guess I'm just desensitized. Yeah, no, Discovery was the first one where I was like, "All right, this is a little bit more than I than I'm used to on a Star Trek show." Yeah. I just I didn't notice. It's weird. <laughs> it was the fuck that really got me. Like Yeah. I yeah, I guess. You could so easily just not include that. It like it wasn't necessary. I mean, they didn't use it for like fifty years. Like, yeah, but I'm saying it wasn't necessary when they finally did. Yeah, like if you're no, gonna I'm... cross that line, okay, but why? I just we're in the you know we're in the enlightened future where we just don't use that word anymore. Mm, I see. I don't think that's true. I really don't because, for instance, when the Enterprise D crashed, Data said, "Oh shit." Mm-hmm. Just, just off the top of my head. Well, Picard said examples. Picard said "merd" in the first episode. That's shit yeah. in French. Like, yeah, I mean, there are still swears. Yeah, well, because that's not what bo- what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, we just don't have fuck anymore. But you're always gonna need something. Oh yeah, you always need a word that is worse than the other words to get your emotions across. I mean, honestly, if you want to be a real fucking asshole about it, three hundred years, like, imagine how much the fucking English language is going to evolve by then. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, imagine how much swearing was in that last sentence you just delivered. Exactly. (laughs) Extrapolate from that the future of humanity. Yeah. It's all going to be fucks. Probably. Just different intonations. Mm Mm-hmm. We are a language of fucks. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. Um, there's a, there's a bit where, and we talked about this previously, where, um, flocks is talking about, like, uh, Archer's got to relate all this back to his father, because that's Mm -hmm. how Archer rolls, always. Uh, and Flox says, yeah, we have genetic engineering on Denobula, but we're not assholes about it. Yes. But it, there's a, there's another scene in this, and I actually kind of like 
his take is like, well, it's illegal on your planet. I'm working with you guys, so I got to deal with that. But mm. it's kind of silly to make it illegal, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's a kind of a complicated thing that he, he walks this line where he's like, well, it's fine where I'm from, but I'll. Yeah. Okay. It's not for you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's so, so few of the supporting guys got anything to do mm-hmm. that anytime they had a moment, it was like, well, this is, you know, this is all right. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of like literally Hoshi, I don't know, she might say three words or something, but there's a couple of good reaction shots. Like that's mm-hmm. all we get. But there's a bit so, where, you know, enjoy it. Like, yeah. Well, there's a bit where Archer is um, uh, trying to bluff a Klingon captain. Yes. Like, they've disguised their warp signature to look like a Klingon ship in Klingon space. Mm-hmm. And they're but far they enough st- away that they can't physically be seen. Yeah, but it's still the Enterprise. Like, if you look at if you get close enough to look yeah. at it, you're going to... They're just, they're far enough away that you can't physically see them. Mm-hmm. But if you're just, like, a blip on a scope, you think it's a Klingon ship. Yeah. And they're they're talking to a Klingon captain, audio only. And this would have been a cute scene in another show. It's just, I hate Archer so much that I can't... I wish I could look past that. I really can. But it's look, man, where we are in the show at this point, I, I don't think anything could make me not no. fucking hate everything that dude does. But it was kind of a cute scene. And what I liked especially was he started like he got a bit Kirkish in mm-hmm. getting carried away with his bluff. Like, well, we're not just any Klingon ship. We've got the Chancellor. Oh, and there's a there's a reaction shot from Hoshi where she's like kind of impressed with him doing Klingon stuff like, yeah, like being a ballsy Klingon type. And yeah. there's a look from T'Pol where she's like, oh, if you're going to lie, I guess you're going to lie big. Uh-huh. That, that's it. They're just looks, but they're good looks. Yeah. And I'll take that. I'll take something, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, just there's so little Star Trek Enterprise scratching at crumbs. Yeah. Give me a, give me that crumb. Yep. That's that's all we got. Oh, it's delicious. This will get me through the rest of the day. Yeah. Oh, going going back to talking about how violence is kind of like sh- not shocks us, but is it's is surprising. W- yeah. One thing I noticed via the mullety rebel whose boob was basically hanging out of her whole shirt the whole time. Oh God, yeah. I I just I put down a note. I I used to not feel uncomfortable seeing a mostly naked woman, and this show has just ruined that for me. Yeah, basically. Because they're so creepy about it. Yeah. Like someone like like Dax wearing a bathing suit was mm-hmm. hot because she wanted to be in it. It yeah. looked good. Everybody was comfortable and it was fine. But now it's like. There's, there's a part of Enterprise that's just so sleazy. Yeah, it is. And anytime and it's, you see it's someone like, attractive in an attractive outfit, it's yeah. always kind of exploitive. It's just like I always picture Berman like crouched behind me, going, "Hey, you see that?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, like um, like uh, what's his name, Don DeMillo. That yeah, uh, yeah. The um, Andy Daly character. The Andy Daly character. Having <laughs> uh, the girls. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, there's so there's this this whole conflict between Soong and the the augments uh-huh. where um. Augments fits because it's a dumb name for a dumb group of people. <laughs> but uh, where he's like, you know what? For these embryos, I'm going to take out this asshole gene that makes you guys assholes. And they yep. get real mad about it. Yeah. I like that because it's like, no, no, we're genetically engineered, but but it stops with us. You can't improve beyond yeah, us. No. We're perfect. Le- the, the, well, the science of you is constantly evolving. No, no, you nailed it. We're good. We're good. Yeah, no, this is version one point final. Like, it's- th- that's it. No more after us. And I can just see soon, just like, what the hell are you t-? like? The the idea of the science is to be able to like improve you, improve like be constantly improving. Like yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. I just no nah, no, nah. what you're doing is gross. Yeah, he was gonna you're- take out the gene that made them super ambitious and stabbing each other in the back all the time, which yeah. actually is not a bad idea. It doesn't take away their free will. Yeah, it just makes them less aggressive. Although he does describe them as dot, like they're going to be docile, so like I can understand getting mad about that. That's not the that's not the word I would pick there, Soong. I guess that's true. Yeah, I'm not a famous genetic engineer or or slash grandfather, but I would have picked my words a little more carefully. Yeah, I suppose that's just so. that's just me. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you're not going to do anything that makes Malik happy. Let's be clear. I mean, no, that's true. Look at him. Listen to him. Okay, stop. He's terrible. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. 
You get it now, though. I do have a note that says, this is so boring. If this is what all augments are like, no wonder Khan was fatigued all the time. <laughs> oh, Be proud the, of that. Oh, these guys again. Can you? Oh, so fatigued. Oh, God. Anyone else want to go conquer a planet just to get away from these guys? No, you yeah, want, I, I'd just rather have a nap, I think. Oh, I am so tired. I'm Ricardo Montalban. And this is my chest. My glorious chest. Real or fake? You tell me. Eh? <laughs> Rich Corinthian leather. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I got a busted Star Trek logo around here somewhere I can wear. Ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, check that shit out, Captain Kirk. I'm really sticking it to you now. But now what you have to do is whisper. <laughs> like every, at the end of all his lines, he does this. We have one book on the Botany Bay. Can you guess which one it is? I'll give you a hint. The first word is Moby. <laughs> Nobody cares, Moby. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, quickly turning into a Paul F. Tompkins character. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I was going to say you're quickly turning into a character you don't know who they are, but Rogelio from Jane the Virgin, who ah, a delight. I will take your word for that one. Trust me, even if you didn't like the show, you would love this character. He's an over-the-top uh, telenovela star. Ooh. And every time he appears on screen, this, like, um, flamenco guitar follows him around, basically. And he's always oh. gesturing dramatically. And Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's so perfect. Mm -hmm. He's like Batman well if he wasn't wearing a costume. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, What else? Anything? Uh, let me see here. That's pretty much all I got. Yeah, I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. We usually don't go the full hour when the both episodes are the same thing. Yeah. Is the thing, so I don't feel too bad about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you got for an alternate title for the first one? I went with... Uh, Mr. Monopoly gives Scott Bale bone burn disease. A play in three parts. <laughs> that's very old-timey, very long titles. I like it. <laughs> Or, I went with Mullity Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Augments. I just realized we should have been doing the fucking uh, the, uh, Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle title thing since the beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, we could do it with the second one. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for... Oh, then you, you read yours. Bird, bird fishing or... Ballistic. Malik versus Eric. Brilliant. Yeah. We're so funny. Uh -huh. Is that guy still alive? We should get him for the show. I seriously doubt it. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say no, he's not. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of old movies from the 30s, and um, uh, uh, Edward Everett Horton is in a bunch of them just as an actor. He's the fractured fairy tales guy, and it is ah. hard every time he opens his mouth because he's got such a distinctive voice. Yeah. Once upon a time, da 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 da. Just <laughs> like, ah, why aren't you telling me a fable about. Snow White or something that is subtly attacking Disney. And then this guy shows up, inevitably. No, that's a different guy. Oh. Also good, but a different guy. He is um, on that show, though, right? Well, that's a, that's a voice. Isn't that, like, isn't that Christopher Columbus and every other famous person that uh, uh, I think Sherman so, meets? But I think, I think that's like the voice of Bullwinkle doing that. Like, I don't think the guy naturally oh. sounds like that. I think he's doing a character. Oh, okay. I thought it was fi uh, like, uh, well, uh, what's his name? They're mimicking Ed that Wynn. guy. Yeah. They don't actually get Edwin. Everyone just does that voice. You've done that voice on this show many times. That's true. Hello, Captain Kirk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what do you got for a quote for the first one? Uh, once again, I picked a quote that, that describes uh, me watching Enterprise. Am I going to spend the rest of my life trying to get rid of you? Quite good. I actually went with something that uh, sort of describes my thoughts on uh, Archer, which is when, when he's reunited with Soong, Soong says this. Mm-hmm. I didn't come back because I missed our lively debates. Yeah, I'm not hanging around you because you're a genius guy. Yeah. I, I need your ship. They really did just pivot to him being a good guy, though, right? I mean, there, there yeah, was no like, moment an, where... Yeah. Like, I get that Like, his whole deal is not is that he doesn't want to hurt people. No, and I like, said I liked that. I, I yeah. like that he's kind of repentant and like, maybe we took this too far, but... The, it's, the it Enterprise is, guys still see him as a murderer. Yeah, it, it's very one, just 180 out of nowhere. Of course, Enterprise at this point is pretty forgiving of that kind of thing. So. Oh, yeah. No, like, you know, 
Torture gets you on the ship at this point. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple of guys who would never torture who like like Hoshi and Travis are like, why? Why are we here? We're not torturers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. Fathered in. I mean, we don't know what they get up to and the, all the scenes uh, we don't see them in. So I'd like to think they're good people. That would be nice. Especially Hoshi, just because she's, you know, an academic who doesn't really want to be here. Uh huh. And Travis, I don't know much about him, but I don't feel like practical jokes are compatible with, um, you know, torture. That's not a very good practical joke. That's all I know. You put like hydrochloric acid in a bucket over someone's door. Yeah, that that's not a practical joke. That's just Home Alone. Or I guess you just get into Joker stuff, like the, the yeah. joy buzzer that kills you and the mm-hmm. flower and so forth. Yeah, that's that that's already been done. I mean, they're looking for a new Joker. Consider Travis, I guess. Well, consider anyone but Jared Leto, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Ugh, that guy. Even Tommy Wiseau did a better job. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Uh-huh. And then someone took that and actually edited it into uh, to Dark Knight Rises. Why or, so serious? No, yeah. Uh, all right. That's all for this time. That's yep. all for the augment arc. Thank Christ. Uh, yeah, I have a seriously. new thing I would like to plug. This oh, yeah, a, please. A new show that uh, just launched as we record this today, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called Sarcastic Voyage Theater. It is uh, sort of a blend between the old sketch show we did, Sarcastic Voyage, mm-hmm. and the longer form sort of serialized stuff uh, I did with Contentment Corner. It's basically old time radio. Okay. It's really just Thrilling Adventure Hour, but with us is yeah. what it is. Let's let's not mince words there. It's <laughs> like old style radio with like modern sensibility. And what that means is... What if it was the late 30s, only not racist? Yeah. Um, but, you know, comedy based on old, you know, screwball comedies and noir detectives. And we have a recurring character based on sort of His Girl Friday, the fast talking girl detective. Yep. And Great character. Yeah. We, and the, the difference between this and other stuff we've done is we're going to be performing this live uh, fairly frequently in the Seattle area. That's sort of mm-hmm. the next level for us. So, um uh, check it out. SarcasticVoyage.com has links and info. And uh, our first live show is in late May. Love to see you. Uh, speaking yeah. of live shows, this show yes. is doing our big uh, discovery show, uh, June 30th at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is turning into something much bigger than I imagined. And <laughs> just just as we start thinking of ways to make it bigger and better, like it's, yeah. it's going to be a party. It's going to be a thank God Rick Berman's out of our life party. Yeah, basically. And we would love to see you there. Mm-hmm. Um, if if uh, you have a chance, the tickets don't actually cost anything. We, we ask that you donate a couple of bucks to the venue. But if you could go and, and indicate that you're going to the thing, uh, thepocket.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like buying a ticket, but you don't have to pay anything. Just to basically tell them. Just it's your RSVPing. Yeah, exactly. So they yeah. know how many chairs to set up. Yeah. So uh, check that out. Uh, let's see. The usual info applies. Postatomicore at Gmail is our, our email address. The website, postatomicore.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt is at Robot Matt on Twitter. I am at Algar. Um, yep. And I think that's all for this time. Yeah. Uh, see you, folks. The Postatomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're... We're we're still just doing this.